Hello everybody. It's Sunday morning and we Kensington Unitarians, plus friends from near and far, are gathered once again here on Zoom. It's lovely to see you all there on my laptop screen. I'm Sarah Tinker and I've had an interesting and educational few days finding out about a bit more about our theme for the today. It's a recognition that this is the 400th anniversary of the sailing of the ship known as the Mayflower from England to the east coast of America, carrying a group of pilgrims seeking a new world where they could follow their religion in freedom and in peace. So I welcome you here into this inclusive community. Whatever your religious beliefs, whoever you are, however you're feeling today, whatever is going on in your life. And a message of welcome also goes out to all those of you listening to a podcast or, or watching a video of this service sometime in the future. It's great that we can connect with you in this way. And I hope that this recording is of value to you, that it is in some way relevant to your life at the present moment. Taking a part in a, a Unitarian service like this, well, it won't earn you a place in heaven and we're not trying to save your soul. But what we do offer is a chance to go deeper, to reflect on some of life's key issues, creating a space for, for us to be honest with ourselves and with one another, and to remind ourselves that we are not alone on this journey through life. And I hope that we feel able to bring all of us to a time such as this. We don't have to hide our difficulties or our uncertainties or our vulnerabilities. This is a time and a space for the whole of us to be here together in community, one with another, aligning ourselves once more with that which we hold to be divine, the God of our hearts, the love that guides us and the passion that inspires us. I invite each of us now to connect with that which we hold to be of ultimate worth, 
in this moment of silence as I light our chalice flame. And this flame connects us with Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist communities all around the world. And it reminds us that as this flame burns freely, so too must we value our freedom to worship as we choose. And may such a freedom be a reality for more people around our world. May we join in solidarity with all those who are persecuted for their beliefs for all those who must hide their true selves for fear of retribution. May everyone feel safe to be who they truly are. And I invite you to bring the joys and the sorrows of your own heart, particularly perhaps the issues that you find hard to speak about openly Bring those issues now into a time of prayer and reflection. Let's ready ourselves. And in this prayer, there are several points where I'm going to invite you to cover your face with your hands or any similar movement uh, that, that feels comfortable for you. As in any Unitarian activity, this is, of course, entirely voluntary. So make any movement that actually feels right for you or no movement at all. But let us pray. Spirit of life, God of all compassion, be with us now and help us to settle ourselves in the here and now open and receptive to your guidance and your love. Today, as we remember the journey of pilgrims across the ocean, seeking lands where they could worship freely, may we quietly express our gratitude for the freedoms we may too often take for granted. This freedom this religious freedom is a privilege still denied to many of the world's inhabitants. And so if you wish, I invite you now to join me as we cover our faces with our hands and admit how privileged our lives are. How rarely most of us give thanks for the freedoms we enjoy. And as we release our hands, let us commit ourselves to examining our privilege regularly in life. And once again, I invite us to cover our faces with our hands as we acknowledge the truth that so much of the wealth of our country has come from the oppression of people in other lands and the theft of resources which belonged to others and not ourselves.
And as we release our hands, let us commit ourselves to remaining conscious of the shameful history of colonialism, which is such a significant part of the history of Britain, as well as many other European countries. May we never forget that much of our society lives still under illusions of a great and magnanimous past, that awful myth of ruling the waves. And I invite you to cover your face for a third and final time to acknowledge the dominance of white Eurocentric culture and the terrible suppression of cultures other than our own. Acknowledging the denial that colonialism requires in order to function. Denial that other cultures, other religions, and other systems of health, education, and governance, they not only exist, but they may be far more successful and appropriate for their circumstances than our own. And as we release our hands for this final time in prayer, may we forever remain aware of the trap in thinking that we and our societies and ways of being are in any way superior to those different from us. And I invite you now to take a few moments in stillness, a chance to speak our own prayers of, of love, and concern, which might be for our world, for others, and, and for ourselves. And may the work of our hands match the aspirations of our hearts this day and all days. And let us say together, if we now wish, Amen. And now I'm going to um, hand over to Julia um, Julia Alden, who's going to tell us of her own personal connection with a passenger on the Mayflower ship that set sail from England to the Americas back in 1620, 400 years ago. So good morning, everyone. Yes, I'm Julia and Alden, as Sarah says, which is uh, linked to, to my short presentation today. So when I read that the theme of today's virtual Sunday service was entitled Mayflower Celebrations, I shared with Sarah my own history linked to that famous ship and voyage. I am a direct descendant of John Alden who came along on that journey, not as a pilgrim looking for religious freedom, but as a cooper or barrel maker. I briefly recounted the story of John Alden's courtship and Priscilla Mullins on the Mayflower hence the connection to today's theme and my short personal piece. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote a very long, rather legendary poem depicting the story of a love triangle with John Alden, 
the ship's captain, Miles Standish, and a young girl named Priscilla Mullins. The story goes that Captain Standish was going to ask Priscilla Mullins to marry him once they arrived in America and revealed this to John. He asked John to go to Priscilla and request for her hand on his behalf. However, John and Priscilla had fallen in love on the ship during the journey. Alden was fearful of confronting Standish and decided that he could not marry Priscilla. Priscilla challenges John in her lines made immortal in Longfellow's poem called The Courtship of Miles Standish. Archly the maiden smiled and with eyes overrunning with laughter said in a, in a tremulous voice, why don't you speak for yourself, John? He does, and this leads to their courtship and the marriage. Of course, most of you have not heard the story or these lines that are well known to Americans. John and Priscilla did marry in a small town near Boston where they stayed for the rest of their lives. John had an active life in local government and in business affairs. There is a historic home still standing near Plymouth, Massachusetts. Was Longfellow's poem fictional? Seems so. However, this story is securely etched in my memory. It's a challenge for me to believe it didn't happen this way. I've heard that story so often. However, it is probably not true. Many years ago, I visited a Mayflower Museum in Leiden, Holland, and saw an exhibited document saying that John Alden had been trialed for murder in Boston. Oh dear, how could that be possible? I needed to pres preserve this perception that my ancestors were of high integrity. It was years before I could face finding out the reality. I did finally learn that he was cleared of all charges. Don't we tend to see events in history as they have been portrayed until we begin to think and challenge them to find out the truth? I have been consistently guilty of this. Much of the Mayflower history has been represented by the celebrating of our freedom and endurance, and we do this around the national holiday of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the celebration of the survival of the pilgrims in this new land, in that new land. Just like the probable myth of the courtship of Miles Standish, we say that we are also honoring the Native Americans who worked so hard to help the pilgrims in that harsh, harsh first year, and how they were invited to sit together at that first Thanksgiving table. The truth is that their kindness during the first harsh winter would later be met with cruelty from the Mayflower settlers and from the thousands of others who arrived from Europe seeking, seeking a new world of freedom and prosperity. There is, however, some hope here, I think. When we now sit down together at the Thanksgiving tables, I believe that it is one very real moment where we can create a new truth, a new story, a moment of unity and of coming together as one. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. Thanks so much for telling us that story. And uh, we're moving now into a time of meditation and this is a simple meditation technique, which I learned from um, a recording of Buddhist breathing meditations. Of course, the breath being something that each and every human shares. 
So you might want to get into a comfy position where you can relax for six minutes or so. Um, the meditation, the guided meditation is, is based on following the breath gently in and out. And that will lead into two minutes of silence. And that will end with a lovely piece of music played for us by Sandra Smith uh, called Ashokan Farewell, um, composed by Jay Ungar. Um, feel free to switch off your video for this um, section if you prefer. And of course, as always, remember you don't have to follow these suggestions at all. You may have your own ways of relaxing and going deeper. But if it works for you, you might want to now soften your gaze or close your eyes and take one of those lovely breaths that go deep down into the belly. And as you release the breath, you might imagine a, a wave of relaxation, working its way down your hard working back, helping to straighten and find ease, down through your legs and feet and toes, out into the ground, releasing all bodily tension, enjoying that sense of your feet firmly on the floor, your tummy and shoulders, and face muscles softening, your back naturally straightening. And these are the words for meditation. Breathing in, I know I am breathing in. In. Breathing out, I know I am breathing out, out. Breathing in, my breath grows deep, deep. Breathing out, my breath goes slowly, slow. Aware of my body, I breathe in. Aware of body. Relaxing my body, I breathe out. Relaxing body. Calming my body, I breathe in. Calming my body. Caring for my body, I breathe out. Caring for body. Smiling to my body, I breathe in. Smiling to body. Easing my body, I breathe out. Easing body. Feeling joy. 
I breathe in, feeling joy, feeling happy. I breathe out, feeling happy. Dwelling in the present moment, I breathe in. Being present. Enjoying the present moment, I breathe out. Enjoying. Aware of my stable posture, I breathe in. Stable posture. Enjoying the stability, I breathe out. Enjoying and entering the silence.
Thank you, Sandra. That was a lovely, lovely piece of music. Well, you can perhaps imagine, I was delighted when uh, Julia told me of her family connections to the Mayflower and its passenger, John Alden, whose surname you share, Julia. But then I discovered that more than 30 million people can trace their ancestry back to those 102 passengers and 30 crew who set out from various ports in the Netherlands and here in England in a wooden sailing boat that uh, wasn't in the best condition and at a time of year when apparently sensible seagoers would not choose to cross the Atlantic. It turns out you are one of many, Julia just like the rest of us. The pilgrims were hoping to reach the already settled communities in Virginia, or perhaps the banks of the River Hudson, but the winds decided otherwise and they landed further north. Their settlement would become known as Plymouth after the town in England that they'd finally set sail from. And these people, these people who sought a new life, many of them had been oppressed and threatened for their religious beliefs. They wanted a separation between church and state. I think quite a few of us in Britain might agree with them on that one. They disliked all religious hierarchies and they sought simple expressions of faith rather than elaborate rituals and sacraments. You can find the roots of our own Unitarianism in their beliefs. But in the early 1600s, such views were enough to have you imprisoned. No wonder the pilgrims sought a new world where they could be free. But of course, we now know that the land we call North America was already populated and had been for some 12,000 years by indigenous peoples who lived in complex and well-ordered societies with a rich culture of their own. The land that the pilgrims set foot upon belonged to the Wampanoag people and history had already dealt them a terrible blow by the time the Mayflower flower apparently arrived. Go back to the years of 1616 to 1619 and the Wampanoag people had lost an estimated 80% of their population in what they called the Great Dying. The Wampanoag traded with Europeans and are thought to have caught a disease from them to which they had no immunity. The pilgrims found a deserted Wampanoag settlement and started to build there. They were observed by the remaining Wampanoag people who apparently found the settlers particularly interesting because this was the first time that they'd seen European women and children. Now in the United States today, 
the Thanksgiving celebrations are still a hugely important public holiday. And they remember the first harvest the pilgrims celebrated in 1621 when they ate together with their Wampanoag neighbors who had saved their lives. Over half the pilgrims died in that first harsh New England winter. The rest, as they say, is history. The settlers who had left Europe because they were oppressed, they became oppressors in their turn. They stole land from the indigenous people. They imposed their religious and legal systems on those they lived alongside. They misused the land and the animals. It's a story repeated the world over, isn't it? It's the story of colonialism and colonialism is an experience that many of us are only just waking up to, only just starting on our journey of understanding. And I include myself in that. The people on the receiving end of colonialism's damaging actions, well, they've been awake to its effects a lot, lot longer and to the insidious ideas wrapped up in the term white supremacy. I'm involved with a campaigning group uh, called Survival, which works along in, alongside indigenous peoples to ensure that their voices are heard. Their website states, we are Survival, the global movement for tribal people's rights. We're the only organization that champions tribal peoples around the world. We help them defend their lives, protect their lands and determine their own futures. It's interesting to me that survival as a charity refuses to receive any government money from any government around the world. They prefer to remain independent. This year, survival has been running an educational campaign called hashtag Mayflowers Kill to remind us all about the terrible effects of colonialism to this day on the indigenous people. Do have a look at their website and all the statements that have been made there. I'd like to read just one of those to you. Um, this was written by Samantha Maltese, Akina Wapaniag, um, and it's, it really hit home to me. Samantha wrote, celebrating the pilgrim's voyage is celebrating colonialism, it's celebrating genocide. With no question about the tragedy of what followed the pilgrim's arrival, we're led to wonder, well, should we remember this event? And for many of the members of the Wampanoag Nation, it is something to be mourned, not celebrated. Public perception of this history is important, Samantha writes. It shapes our rhetoric, the way we talk about what happened here. It's crucial that our story is heard, but not in a way that further erases our survival and our resilience. We need to talk about it in a way that reflects the barriers we have overcome and the tremendous successes we have achieved in spite of all the tragedy. Words from Samantha Maltese. The ship, the Mayflower, was of course just one of thousands that set out to seek new lands. Rather than celebrating the arrival of settlers from other lands, Indigenous people mourn the loss of their ways of life 
the loss of their freedoms, the loss of their health and of their tribal ways of educating their young. It's an upsetting and deeply shameful history. But it won't always be the last chapter for tribal people. In New England today, there are an estimated four to 5,000 members of the Wampanoag tribe who describe themselves as a strong and vibrant community. They've been fully involved in the international events commemorating the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower's journey and their message, we are still here. It's emblazoned on all the materials that have been produced. So let's remember and honour the rich tapestry of Indigenous people the world's over. Tribes, societies, cultures, a complex and varied groupings of peoples who have still a great deal to teach us all about living in greater harmony with this earth to which we all belong. And let's us do all that we can do to be ed better educated about colonialism and the damage that it has done to people the world over and the damage that it's done to our own often still unconscious thinking. And I for one say to that, Amen. So may it be. So we're going to, to sing a hymn now. Um, and if you would rather just read the words that are going to appear on your screen, um, please, please, that's fine. We're inviting you to join in singing the old favourite Pilgrim's Hymn with words based on John Bunyan's writings in Pilgrim's Progress. Now we're using a recording of one of our services from here at Essex Church a few years ago. And I, I've got to say, I think we sound great in our singing. Um, and, and if you do like singing, you can join here now on Zoom, safe in the knowledge that we'll all be muted and nobody's going to hear you, except the cat or the dog maybe, or the next door neighbors. There are a few things to mention though. Um, I hope you notice that we've done as we Unitarians often do, we've tweaked the words of this hymn I think we can forgive John Bunyan back in the 17th century for implying that all pilgrims were men, but, but we can be more inclusive, can't we, in this day and age? And don't be concerned, at the start of this recording, when you hear me anxiously suggesting that we all remain seated for this hymn, it sounds as if the congregation were being over frisky that day and were in danger of standing up and dancing. But now you're at home, so you can dance and sing to your heart's content.
Thank you uh, for joining in with that hymn. And I don't know about you, but when I start singing on Zoom, it asks me to unmute myself. And for one awful moment, my finger wants to unmute and let you hear how dreadful I sound. Um, some announcements now. Uh, my thanks go to Jane and Janine for such professional background work of hosting today. And to you, Sandra, as our pianist. Sandra Smith, thank you. Those were great pieces of music. It's been lovely spending time with you here this morning and we'll be back again next week. Harold Lorenzelli and I will be telling you all about what it is to be a human being. Um, and that's at 10 o'clock on Zoom. And you're also welcome to join us this coming Tuesday at 10.30 for our coffee morning. Let us know if you need the link for that. Thank you to all of you who've made a donation recently to help our church finances keep afloat and every one of you who's now donating by standing order. It really makes a difference and lifts our spirits and it's helping to keep our progressive religious voice out there in the world for others to hear about. Um, we have a, a virtual coffee time to chat after the service in small groups if you'd like to join in. And we like to take a photo at the end of the service as soon as the music ends. So do stick around for that if you don't mind having your photo taken. And we're going to have some closing words in a moment, followed by a piano version of John, Lemon, John Lennon's famous song, Imagine, in recognition of the fact that if he was still with us, it would have been his 80th birthday this week. So I invite you, invite you now to select gallery view. Let's all do that. And as we, uh, we move on to gallery view, let's just take in all these lovely people that we're with this morning so that we can see each other for the closing words and enjoy a feeling of connection in community. And I extinguish our chalice flame, but not the warmth of this community. And I send the light of this candle out into the world that all those whose lives have been adversely affected by colonialism might have the strength to go on and to help re-educate us all. And that we who have benefited so much from the theft of other people's lands and resources may at last admit the true source of the many advantages we unconsciously enjoy. Let's all imagine now a more just and equitable sharing of the Earth's precious resources. I really believe it's possible. Amen. Go well, all of you, and blessed be.